park is an area in the northeast corner of Limerick City. It comprises three townlands, Lower Park, Raybog and Singland. Up to 1840 it was outside the city boundary, but in that year part of it was incorporated in the city, and in 1950 the remaining part was included. The people of Park are known as the Park Danes, and though the common names in the district like Cooneen, McNamara, Hannon and Shanny are very Irish, there is still a tenuous but stubborn tradition that they are descended from Vikings who settled here on the banks of the Shannon. The antiquity of the settlement is hardly in doubt, as there's a strong oral tradition of stories, especially stories about St. Patrick. The Danes are a small, close-knit community of market gardeners who sold milk and vegetables to the city through the years. They were hard-working, abstemious, conservative and religious. They eked out a living from little plots of land through hard work and through systems of rotation and tillage best known to themselves. Because of the unusual farming methods and way of life, a parkman generally preferred to marry a park woman. And this continuous intermarriage increased feelings of separateness and of being different. They were a community of country people with rural traditions and a rural culture. They observed customs on St Martin's Day and on St John's Eve and hunted the ran on Stephen's Day. While St Patrick's Day rival Christmas as the most important feast day of the year. In the 19th century, the central hamlet in Park comprised two rows of thatched cabins with flag floors, deal tables and sugon chairs. Parkmen travelled through the city with the donkeys and carts, selling milk from door to door. At Goose's Corner there was a fowl market where the locals and farmers from the surrounding countryside sold geese and chickens to the city folk. Because they worked so hard, the majority of the park people had little time for outdoor sports, but they were fond of dancing. At one time, there were four dance halls in the district, some with grandiose names like La Scala, the Half Moon and the 45 Club. Today, there are changes. Modern bungalows have replaced many of the thatched cottages. Some market gardening is still carried on, but many of them have turned their hands to other occupations and trades. Marrying out has become more the norm than the exception. Some park people have immigrated, others have moved to the city. But still, the feeling of being different, the sense of being a separate minority, of being park Danes, lingers on. Shadows of the evening softly fall on towers and spire cathedral wall. Sons of the earth of toil and moil delving and digging the deep rich soil patiently working from dawn till dark, such are the lives of the men of Park. The unique thing about the Park people and the very unique people was that they were a rural community within a city urban boundary. And that made them very different to me, certainly. They made them more to be a strange, different kind of people. And they had customs that were not common throughout Limerick City itself. For instance... They intermarried an awful lot. Uh, they were known to be clannish in that respect. And if you look at the thing from an economic viewpoint, you will find that it was only natural for them to marry members of their own clans because land was all important. In fact, in fact land was precious in Park, so precious indeed that they could not even grow hedges 
and build walls between the boundaries between one divide and another and they had what, what were called bone stones I understand these bone stones are also found in Denmark and these bone stones divided one man's land from the others and that was a very important custom that they had there <clears throat> also I suppose they were all bound up uh, with uh, econ- the economics of, of the place um, they married one, one, one members of other families in the area they lived a kind of a close life in that area did not drink very much. They were phlegmatic, I suppose, in temperament. That's the word they would use to describe them. Um, some people might even say they were strange in some of their, their, their habits as well. Uh, they had customs and different customs in the land, and, and certain times, St. Martin's Eve, they would kill a cock and sprinkle the blood of the cock on, on the doorstep of the house, front doorstep and back doorstep. And other times, such as John's Eve, they would light a, a side of hay and um, they would, somebody would run down along the fields with a hair held aloft on a stick and they would hope this would bring bountiful crops for the season. That was not unique in Park at all. It was also found elsewhere throughout Ireland. But they had many other um, things as well they could go into. But briefly um, said, that they were a small, closely knit community living within the boundaries of Limerick uh, cultivating the little plots and there were long, thin, narrow plots running down to the River Shannon and they had what they call the bottoms, that was one part and they had other names as well running through them for instance, close by there they had a Danish name for a wheel called the Lax Wheel, Lax meaning uh, salmon in Danish and also <coughs> they had a, another Irish name as well they didn't find elsewhere called Rhinon which was a little Kipping or timber, a little piece of wood, you also making holes and drills. I've passed them by in the early day when the city folk in their slumbers lay, when the dew shone white on the grassy lawn, and the cocks gan crow at the rising dawn, and the blithe notes rang from the soaring lark, and there at their work were the men of Park. We had a little chant amongst ourselves as school children in Limerick. We said, Park is a dirty place, and so are all these people piles of dung outside the doors as high as Mary's steeple. Well, that was a very, I think, unfair jibe against the park people because they had to live by the land in order to produce the crops. They had to cultivate it with manure. And they drew the manure from three bacon factories in Limerick. It was called blood manure. All sorts of offals and, and so on mixed up in the manure. And that was lavishly used around the land to drive up the vegetables, when we said. And sometimes the cabbage had a, a red tinge on it and we'd say that cabbage was made right by the fact that so much manure and blood was used in the uh, application of, uh, of, the, of the manure around the crops at the early stages. So these were some of the little things that we learned about Park growing up close by. And when at even the Vesper bell is tolling, tolling, or break and dell, and the birds are speeding their homeward flight, seeking for cover ere gathering night, out in the gardens you still may mark the toiling, moiling men of Park. We're now walking along, right in the heart of Park, in fact, in the middle of Lower Park, which was traditionally a market gardening area. In fact, as we walk along now this road in Lower Park, uh, over 100 years ago, the road was lined with two rows of more fishermen and farming cottages, and small farmers' cottages, and they were all... Um, cab- cabins, you could say, mud-built cabins, 
storm built cabins and they were all attached. That was a big feature of them. In fact, you still have a few attached houses in part now, although in most cases the thatch has been removed and has been replaced with corrugated iron and slates. And you can also see the old houses here. A feature of the houses was that each house was one story, had two windows at one side of the door and one window at the other side of the door. Indeed, some of the new houses have adhered to that old-fashioned design uh, of park houses. Um, what was the reason for that, Jim? Two windows at one side and one at the other? Well, I, I'm sure it was a functional thing more than anything else. Perhaps uh, you had a kitchen with the one window and perhaps two bedrooms with the two, two windows. But that would be my own more as practical explanation for it. But, uh, but it was a more functional design. Um, it was a basic design. And we're coming along to a place here now in Lower Park, known as the Bunard. The Bunard. That was really the centre of Lower Park life. The Bunard was a place where the park people came in the evenings. Uh, they, they came there when the work was done, be it in the, in the fields, or on the river, or in the docks. They came along to the Bunard at night time and they spoke uh, to one another, exchanged stories. And sometimes they walked along, sizing up and looking at each other's crops. And um, sometimes be critical of how the crops were set and so on, how they were growing, and that kind of thing. They, they were innocent people. They, they were, their pastimes were innocent. They were pastoral people. They were indeed a unique community, uh, a rural community within a city boundary. Oh, say not our sons are an idle race, thriftless, shiftless, lazy and base. Industries start to keep them at home, never again from their isle to roam and stay their flight in the emigrant bark to work for their homes like the men of Park. They were very, very early risers, and they worked from dawn till dark, which I suppose they had to do. And the fisher folk amongst them, the Shannon family, they were a very well, well-known well family in the city, and uh, they were very honourable people always, never came under the unfavourable notice of the law in any respect. That would go for all the Park people as well. And there were no blackguards amongst them, never. But the fisher folk, the Shannies, they fished in the river during the fishing season between uh, February and uh, August. And they supplemented their, their incomes from the river and sometimes very successfully. But uh, they worked also on the land as well. While they were still fishing, they had commitments in the land and they didn't ever neglect them. And if they couldn't do it in the day, they actually done it in the hours of darkness. There was a boy, the early spuds, blounders, they called them, in them days. And they get them into the shops here. There was a shop here when it was um, in uh, um, Baker's there in uh, Lansay Cruz's Hotel. That was a good shop for seed for the power people and boys. And um, they put it as we thought, as early as they could, and they'd be all dug. Before, if possible, before St John's Day, that is the twenty fourth of June. Why? In order to have it, rape that. In order to have another crop in after them, a crop of cabbage, or a crop of white turnips, or something. Well, then all the money they earn from the early potatoes, the majority of them, would put it together, and they go back to Listowel, or to Ennis, and the buy cows in the month of October. And they bring home the cows and they stall them in and they feed in cows with the, with the turnips 
or whatever they have, and they bring milk. He couldn't be caught that time in the country, and they'd have milk in for the winter for the city. And they made a lot of money that way. Well, then you had Walker's distillery over there working. And my father got his soul, often went over there at two o'clock in the morning, and more men, because at that time Walker's distillery was a thriving industry. And there are people on the other side of the Shannon, no further than Trotgillow, around there, and towards Larkin's Cross, had contracts of the grains. And you couldn't get none there. Once they start, until you go in the morning early before they start, and you get a load of grains. Well, they sleep in the hay, they part the hay all night, somewhere in the midwood, and now they have their tongue. And up around your side down in Gadion, around Belize, they bring home beer, barrels of beer, and they sleep the hay in it, and they give it the cattle, and the cattle be half drunk all day. The cows be half drunk from the beer. And why would they do that? You know, they keep the milk up, and precious are meat. Well, then when the cows was finished in the month of March, I mean, month of April, they had no place to put them. The only place they had to bring them onto the market, or the, fair, the fairs. And in that time, in Limerick, there was 12 fairs, a fair every month. And you had a down, in, down there where they have the Mulgar Street and the pig market, and we formerly called it. Down there, there was a sell cows there once a week, every Thursday. They called some park. Well, in that time, the Limerick butchers then was to buy them. The meat used to be a bit tough, no doubt, there used to be old cows. But the majority must be a go away to the army. After the, there used to be bought here, would was of the fair day in April, the world must be bought up and brought up to the railway and sent off to Glasgow for the miners. The English miners to get all that meat. Now, you said that three acres of land would have been considered very big for a parkman and that most of them, in fact, worked only an acre or two acres. Now, that's a remarkably small uh, amount of land on which to make a living. How did they do it? Well, I'd say, I'd say, the, Dan, I'd say the Danish connection came in here because um, if, if the Danes, if they were here and if they left anything at all, any, any legacy behind them, it was that of, um, of walking the land up to the very bones, you know, and they used to dig. You, you, um, there wasn't any headlands as such in Park. You know, which was a proof again of the small plot that every square inch of ground had to be worked. You know, and um, it was in the three acres of ground, as you say, it it was considered it was considered the big holding because you see, with cabbage as such, and it it was the main it it was the main thing growing in this area. You could have you could have three and, I suppose, four crops of cabbage a year, so it meant that you, were, you, were, you could go to the market, maybe, you know, the, there was a market in Limerick. As up to this day, it's on, on Wednesdays and, and, and on Saturdays. They could go to the market every Wednesday and every Saturday and could sell cabbage. You see, the women, in, in, if, if they were going to town in the morning with a sup of milk, with the, they mightn't have anything more than, I suppose, eight or ten gallons of milk to go in, into town with. And they'd and they bring in what was what was called a piece of cabbage. It was um it was a coarse bag, um, about two and a half or three feet square, and about two or three dozen of cabbage were kind of packed into this, and the four corners were tied together. Well, the principle behind uh, the the blood was that uh, there was three, there was at least four stores, four places in the morning they used to kill pigs, and the, they were prohibited from letting the blood down the sewage because it would get 
clouded up and block it. So they opened two mills in England for 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 drying and drying this blood and and uh, the mixed bone the the, the waste bones out of the pigs. The, they call it the blood and bone manure. And the cabbage need a lot of iron and and the blood having nearly a high have a very high percentage of iron. The, 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 it was ideal for cabbage, and it forced it on. Iron and phosphates. Yes, iron and phosphates, and and the cabbage, it blew the cabbage out of the ground. Long and narrow, and as you can see, there are no fences whatsoever between the, the fields. So, right now, you can see the long strip of land running right down to the Shannon. Um, it's a, a park garden of cabbage, and the cabbage is, is plucked and sold in Limit Market every Saturday. And partmen are still going in to the markets in Limerick selling their cabbage. Not so many today now. In fact, you have only about six horses in park, in this part of the park at least, Lower Park, and a few asses. Whereas one time each family had its own horse, its own ass and so on. But still not. The old names are to be found. If you look up an election register now, you'll find that the Crosses, the Quilligans, the Cusacks, the Shannies, the McNamara's, the Canines. Carting, as I said earlier, was um, it was used to uh, it was used to subsidise the the kind of market gardening end of the of the family of you know of, of the family income, and of course Limerick docks, it um, they usually it was carting coal and carting timber from the docks up to the merchants, up to you know people like McMahon's and. Uh, you had the Limerick Steamship Coal Yard, and you, you had Suttons, and etc., etc. And as the as the boats came in, they were they were you know, discharged in Limerick docks onto the onto the onto the carts, etc., etc. And they were they were kind of distributed on the, the carts, city. You know. Also, grain came into the town, and good bodies were owned um, owned ranks as is now in the town, you know. And these people also um, also employed a lot of carters, and it, it was these people mainly uh, who employed the long distance carters, because as you know, Flour would have to go, would say to Nina, would have to go to Ross Grayer, have to go up along the line. But um, I th- the long distance carting went, and to be a reasonable, you know, it's, it's reasonable to assume this that it went um, with the, with the railways of the railways. All the Dublin Railway, and they all came in. the crosses, the Cusacks and the Cunines all in. Well, they take out their horses, and when they believe to be coming in, whatever time they get out the horses, man, that they cart, and they mount them, and they meet him at certain point, and they follow my cavalry for him coming in. No time for politics, labouring there, neath those lovely, lonely hills of Clare. Ever and always they seem content, for hearth and home and a well-earned rent, and rest but comes when they're stiff and stark to the sturdy, homely men of Park. Uh, and, and Lower Park, would you have six horses? Well, I would know about the place above. There might be a few about that, about yeah. the, But this road alone now, this is Lower Park. All in the Lower Park now. And there was a horse in each house, wasn't it? That's right, and an ass as well. Oh, there were two, half and two. Two ass and donkey. There was and an ass in every house down along. And each house would also have a share of cattle as well. They would buy oh, cattle. Oh, would buy every house. Around the autumn time. There was 200 cattle here, wasn't it? Is that and right? Row, and this road alone now... And you've had one cow here seven now. Seven cows and six cows and five cows Each and house. eleven cows. You had to sell them out then in Mia. That's right. That's right. grass land to put them out. That's right. Land was very precious here as well, wasn't that right? It was. And they have to out here 
ten mile, well not five mile, six mile, till in the car the Connecticut. Connecticut, exactly. You, you would also hire out the, the meadows of the Glody, the oh, water meadows, blazing as well. Meadows, when out the meadows there. You'd also buy manure one time as well up near the fair green. There was an auction of manure. Auction the fair, that's right. The corporations. Exactly. All the manure in the city would be banked up there and sold in lots to all. It would be very keen bidding for the manure. That's for sure. And the funeral road was down here, wasn't it? Just on the way down to the Shannon. The funeral road was called. Now, as a parkman, what do you think your ancestors have handed on to you in the traditions? Um. Well, I think the tradition. Well, I, I think the main thing they've, they've, they've they, I think the, the thing they tried hard, hard, hardest of all to hand hand down was um, a work ethic. Like these people, they kind of believed that you, you know, it was um, it was a Methodist thing rather than anything else. You know, you were expected to get up every morning and you worked hard. And shadows of the evening softly fall on towers and spire, cathedral wall. Sons of the earth, of toil and moil, delving and digging the deep, rich soil, patiently working from dawn till dark, such are the lives of the men of Park. Do you feel a kinship with other Park families, other Park people? Well, I think we do, because, as I said, for generations we have lived um, in the same area. We've, we've all lived within, we'll say, half a mile of each other. Um... It's not so much now. I mean, I feel a kinship with you know with probably everybody that lives in the area. But um, you'll find all the same, I suppose, that there is. It even still comes through, I suppose, from time to time. You'll find even regattas in in Plessy at regattas in Plessy. You'll find that you know, for some strange reason, um, I suppose, people who are related to each other and who are connected one way or, or another to each other, like that they they kind of seem to congregate in, you know, into their own into their own crews and their own teams. But kind of going back to kinship, yes, of course, I'd say I do, I do, um, I do feel akin to other, you know, other people in in the same kind of positions myself, who seed breeding generation have come from Park, but. Um, I wouldn't stick my finger on anybody's eye over it at the same time, you know. This is how I put it, like. But as a parkman, you're proud of your ancestors and traditions? Oh, definitely, yeah. But um, I also feel very proud of Limerick, like, and uh, we also have, you know, always have have felt and have, have felt very, very Limerick. But this is, is the kind of kinship, if, is the kinship we feel. And when at even the Vesper Bell is tolling, tolling, or break and dell, and the birds are speeding their homeward flight, seeking for cover ere gathering night. Out in the gardens you still may mark the toiling, moiling men of park. 